This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. My name is Tom Ward and I'm delighted to be joined by Andy. Evening, Tom, mate. Evening, mate. And I'm also joined by Matt. How are we doing? All good? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. It's uh, good to be back on in the new year, chaps. Um, thanks for joining me. Um, yeah, fair bit of disruption over Christmas period, obviously, but Sky Blues returned to league action yesterday on the road at Peterborough. And despite a lineup which left a few people scratching their heads, uh, the Sky Blues put in a superb all round performance and came away with all three points in a very impressive 4 1 victory. Um, Andy, I'll start with you. Um, you must be feeling pretty pleased after yesterday's win. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, very important win away from home in the league. Uh, I think it's been a good couple of weeks for us, you know, with that win against Derby um, and the win yesterday at Peterborough. has really turned the corner because it was looking a little bit iffy before then. Um, but now, you know, we can start looking up and rather down. So it's, uh, yeah. we seem to turn the corner a little bit with the last two games. So, uh, no, I'm very excited for the season coming up, mate, to be honest with you. So, no, decent. Yeah, definitely. I think that Derby result looks like a good result now, doesn't it? Because obviously, yeah, I know they're huge. bottom, but they're, they're flying in terms of the form, aren't they? And that's, yeah. a, that's a good result, really, isn't it? Well, they, they won yesterday, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, again, beat Sheffield United. Uh, yeah. beat Sheffield United um, they're flying. So you look at that result in isolation on its own. Um, fantastic result. And it seems to have kicked us back into gear. I think we just needed that kind of 1-0 dirty kind of result to get yeah, back on track game. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Just to get the confidence going again, get a few players back back in the team, you know, get a few bodies back in the building, as they say. So, um, no, and then yesterday we kicked on even more. So, yeah, I think it's plenty to look forward to from now until the end of the season, Tom. Yeah, definitely. And, and Matt, it's always nice to win away from home, of course, and, and obviously in the manner we did. Um, but, you know, also, as Andy was saying, a very important win um, after the run we've been on and, you know, should breathe some confidence into the side. Yeah, undeniable to say the form has dipped since the start of the season. We set such a such a good pace really at the start of the season that it was going to be difficult to to keep going at the same level. And uh, you know the, the form has definitely dipped or had had dipped for a few weeks there. The other thing is obviously we have been very much as you mentioned at the start, very much disrupted with fixtures and cancellations and everything else. So that's something that's got to kind of you, you feel like it's got to breed into the minds of the players because. You're looking at it, you're thinking it's been two months since we've we've won a league game, obviously going back to, to Bristol City. If you actually break that down, you start looking at the games, it's, well, we hadn't played, uh, we'd only played one game in, in the previous month before uh, before yesterday. So you can start kind of putting qualifying factors in there. We had difficult games, we went to Bournemouth and, and the like. And you kind of start saying, well, actually, if you start looking at it in a bit more detail, maybe the form wasn't so terrible, but just that kind of, 
I don't know, it's got to affect you if you go that long during the season without yeah. a win over two months, especially over Christmas when you're thinking fixtures are going to pile up and, and kind of games are going to come at you thick and fast. But um, so to, to get that monkey on our back a, a little bit, like you'd think it, there would be, um, is is absolutely huge, I think, and, and obviously doing it in style as well. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. I think there were never any sort of terrible results in that run, really, mm. whether there was never, you know, we didn't get thumped or we didn't you know, feel like we were doing really badly. But like you say, the more sort of time that goes on, it just starts playing on everyone's minds a bit. And it, it feels like a, probably a probably worse run than it actually is in reality. I think probably one of the things that maybe in terms of actually saying, look, this is this is would be a concern, it would be taking chances because I think there was a lot of games in there where we did actually create a lot of chances. I think back to... Maybe the one standout out, out of them all was, was Huddersfield as an example. But, you know, in quite a few games, we, we created a lot of chances and we struggled to score. Um, whereas you think actually the performances weren't so bad. You, you think in there, you know, we, we drew with Birmingham, we were the better team. We drew with Huddersfield, we were the better team. Sheffield United, we were for the majority of that game, the better team as well. Um, come back from 2-2 against Bournemouth. So while the form maybe has dropped a little bit, um, on what was such an incredible start. I think maybe if there was one thing that actually stood out, if you look into it, was, was scoring goals. But, you know, you, you bang four and away from home, you, you kind of put in that to rest a little bit and hopefully it will help um, help people kick on from here and, and kind of rediscover a bit of form in front of goal. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's go back and look at the Peterborough game in more detail. Um, Andy, what were the match stats? Class. Told. I was going to say we, we were driving home yesterday and we did give you a mention because we yeah. Ava was kind of reading out the match stats and I thought oh Grizo's going to be very happy oh, with this, 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 these stats buzzing, buzzing over these stats mate yeah but if I had these every week I'd be loving it yeah, yeah um, 51.3% possession we have 22 shots compared to their nine um, and good uh, shot on target ratio as well we had nine on target which is you know just under half so that's good uh, a bit better than our usual 25, 30%. So uh, a lot, lot better. Uh, 508 passes completed compared to their 494. So we kept the ball slightly better than them, which which I think everyone would agree with who was there. Uh, and defensively, uh, very similar. 22 interceptions compared to their 20 and 18 tackles won compared to their 22. But on the, on the foot, on the uh, to have 22 shots over the 90 minutes isn't very impressive, Tom. Very impressive, indeed. We yeah. peppered them, didn't we? Yeah, I was, gonna, I was about to say that. Yeah, we really peppered the goal, especially yeah. in that second half. And mm. yeah, you'd, uh, even though we hadn't scored in both halves all season, I thought sh- surely today it's going to happen. I thought yeah. it's, it's going to happen yeah. at some point. So um, yeah, no, we, we definitely peppered them and, and, you know, obviously got the goals to, to sort of back that up. Um, yeah, Obviously, when the lineups came out, there were a few sort of uh, uh, heads being scratched, as I mentioned. Um, it was an interesting selection from Robbins. Um, I feel like there's a few areas to unpick here, Matt. Obviously, starting with the goalkeeper. Yeah, to me, that was the the real standout one, if, if I'm honest with you, kind of looking at some of those. I agree, you know, there were a few in there when the, the lineups were announced. I kind of thought, that's a bit surprising, maybe, maybe three or four in total, but... I think actually, and I don't know what your thoughts are, but kind of looking into it in a bit more detail, you kind of think yours kind of ended up making sense to me. I, mm. And it's not a criticism of of Ben Wilson at all because I think he's done, um, you know, brilliant when he's come in, and obviously uh, he had a he had a decent season last season. It's just for me, if he's available, if he is fit, Simon Moore's first first name down on the team sheet. So. Um, that was the one that really stood out for me because, uh, you know, for me, he's been player of the season and he's such a solid, um, just a, such a solid keeper all around, really. He's, he, he's obviously great at, you know, keeping the ball out of the back of the net, but just give Breeze that confidence um, to have him behind the defence as well. So that was a real standout one for me. The others kind of, I think maybe a few people thought Shipley might have got a run out because of the FA Cup last time around, but now we're back to the league, you know, he's probably going to drop out. But actually think about it again, that kind of left wing back position. um, I think Dabo's shown that it's not really, he hasn't got the flexibility to maybe move over to that side. He's very specific, I think, in terms of what he can do. And I think when it comes to Todd Kane at the minute, you just don't want to mess with what's going on there. You don't want to take him out of the position that he's in because it's producing such great results. And while I'm sure he could still do a job on the left-hand side, you just just don't touch it. Just let him carry on doing what he's he's doing. So you kind of look at it and think, well, maybe 
um, that kind of explains the situation with Shipley. Plus, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll probably touch on it a little bit more. You know, maybe um, it was an opportunity for him to, to get a, a last run out before he um, moves on. But that one, I think probably a few people were scratching their head, but I can understand. And, you know, maybe McFadstein as well. But you're thinking, again, if he's making his way back in, uh, Clark Salter has looked solid since coming back. Um Hyam obviously scored against Derby last week and Rose, I'm a massive fan of Rose as well. So you kind of think if he is still making his way back, you can kind of, um, you can kind of understand that one as well. So for me, it probably was the, was the keeper that stood out, but I don't know if there's any others that I've maybe missed out there. You think uh, uh, are standing out as well. I think that's a a fair summary. I think like you say, it's when you sort of start looking at them individually, you've got, there's a bit of a case around each of them. And I suppose, you know, what we have to remember as fans is that, you know, Mark Robbins is there day in, day out with them mm. on the training field. He knows all of their, you know, there's not just the, the training, there's all the COVID situation now. There's a lot of factors that we just don't know about that happen mm. in the week. And mm. I suppose we just have to kind of have faith in Mark Robbins that he knows what the best 11 will be on, on the day. Mm. Um, but Andy, keen to get your thoughts as well, obviously mm. with the goalkeeper situation. Obviously we're, we're big fans of Ben Wilson, of course, as his sponsor. Yeah, of course. Um, I I think he's a very capable goalkeeper. Mm. Um, I think as a number two, you you probably need to have a bit of a policy of you know if you mm. if you play well and you come in for whatever reason and you and you you know you can keep your place. I think that's good for for his confidence and and things like that and his development. So, you know, what are your thoughts on the on the sort of goalkeeping situation? Well, initially when I found out about it, I was like, what what the what the hell's going on here? Like, but then I think to myself, then you got to think to yourself. I think this is mind games with Robbins in a positive sense because I think that regarding Wilson, because he had such a good game against Derby, I think he just thought to himself, well, I'll put him in against Peterborough. It's a game that um, we've got a good chance of winning. And I think it's just a reminder to Simon Moore that he's got to be at a high standard to get back into the team, if you know what I mean. So he knows... So that's probably why he's doing it. I expect Simon Moore to come back in the side in the next couple of games, but it won't do him any harm knowing that if he's if his level's not as high or dips, he knows that Ben Wilson will take his place. Exactly. So I think it's very clever management by Robinson. But do you, do you feel he needs that? Because, I mean, just for me, he's been mm. the most rock-solid player. Uh, I, think any player needs, I think any player needs it. If they've got uh. competition for place to places, then they know that if they're performance levels dot drop that they that someone someone behind them to take their place. I think I, anything yeah. needs it. Yeah, I think it's I, a I think it's a, I think it's thinking about it in more detail. I think it's a, a real smart move by Robbins if he does that. I really do. And it just, yeah, I just think um yeah. competition for places in mm. any team, I think it's just a, a positive thing. I think, you know, if we looked at the Dabo situation, you know, a few weeks ago we were sort of saying you know, why is Dabo undroppable? Why Absolutely. you know why is that the case? And now with a lot of competition, now we're hearing, you know, Bidwell might be coming in. There's, mm. you know, you know, Dabo might come back fighting and be a much better player. So I think the, this competition for places and having two really capable goalkeepers can only be a good thing, really. Um, I think having that competition for sure, you know, the theory behind saying competition and 100% agree with it. I just kind of, you know, kind of Dabo is a, it's a different situation because Dabo's form has led to kind of the situation we're talking about. And, Simon Moore hasn't really had any level of, of, of dip in form. And you just think maybe would he value making that kind of point with Moore above kind of picking his best team? I, I doubt that he would, to be honest with you. I don't know if if maybe they, he's still making his way back in a little bit, um, Simon Moore, because obviously he has, um, you know, he has had kind of COVID issues and everything going on as well. I, I wonder if that is it. But I mean, I, I wouldn't agree with the theory having yeah. that competition, certainly with goalkeeper as well, um, where you know, obviously somebody can kind of make the position their own. It, it It's never going to hurt, is it? Yeah, no, exactly. I, don't, I don't think it'll do Simon Moore any, any harm. Yeah, of course. No, yeah, I, I think he's he's a he's a top, top professional, isn't he? he is. Simon yeah. Moore, you can tell from his interviews, obviously he did that podcast recently and, and things like that. Mm. And he um he's a top professional. He's obviously been a number two himself a lot of his mm. career. So he probably yeah. appreciates, you know, when, when a player gets their chance, he's probably quite happy for Wilson to, to be filling in for him. So... Um, but I'm sure he'll, he'll be back in the team soon. And obviously, mm. I know last season, obviously that there was a situation with Morosi where probably he was a little bit alienated in the end and ended up leaving the club. But I'm sure, you know, that won't be a situation that will, will be a problem this season. Um, I'm sure. Um, it was a cold afternoon at London Road. Uh, we started very well, though. Lots of energy. Um, and Shipley actually went close early on, uh, Andy, but his effort went just wide. 
He did. It was a really fast start by Sky Blues. And um, yeah, decent effort by Shippers. Obviously a bit surprised. Well, not surprised in the sense that um, he was playing because he did well against Derby, but playing at left wing back was a bit of a surprise. But we didn't really have anyone else, did we, Tom, really? So um, yeah, he got forward well all, all, all afternoon, put some decent balls in the box. And that effort was a, a decent try from Shippers. It was good to see him on the pitch, to be honest. And if that was his uh, farewell to the Sky Blues... Um, it was not a bad farewell, was yeah, it? Yeah, he, he definitely, there was just something about his performance, wasn't there? He yeah. Shift in and he was he obviously did. quite, emo- almost a little bit emotional at the end. Yeah, and I saw that. The fans and all Brilliant that Brilliant video that was, you know, on the, um, on the cover official site. I don't normally praise them very often, but that, <laughs> that was a very, very good video with him doing that little dance and farewell. That was, uh, yeah. yeah, class, class. I think video. it's um, nice as well for him as well, because, uh, you know, he's, he's been a great servant to the club. He has. He, has, he has had a bit of stick at times, which is probably, you know, just happens with any player. But mm. it'd be, if he does end up leaving, it's nice that he's sort of had that opportunity to sort of prove, you know, what he's about and, you know, mm. how much he does care about the club. And, it, you know, it leaves on a sort of good note. But yeah, obviously we if, don't know what's going to happen. But yeah. If he, if he does leave, he'll go down in, in sky blue folklore and what he's done for the club. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. You know he's, he's one of our own and what he's done for us, you know, those goals in the playoff finals, you know, wouldn't be never forgotten. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, if he goes, he would go with our blessing, won't he? Yeah. And he's lived every, every cough fan's dream. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> of course he has. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good little dance as well. I like that. Yeah, not bad, yeah, not bad. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> uh, it didn't take too long for us to to get ourselves into the lead, Matt. Um, the crowd all shouted shoot as we as we often do from all sorts of positions on the pitch, but this one felt like it was it was the right thing. And Hamer duly obliged and uh, got us into the lead. Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to have any issues with um, nudging Hamer along with with taking a pop on guard. You know, <laughs> we, we all know he's he's not shy on confidence and for good reason. Obviously, I think from a technical point of view, he's uh, he's comfortably the best player we've got at the, the football club and. It, it, if he's going to line up a shot from 25 yards, you've got confidence he's going to go somewhere in and around goal. It was good to obviously see it go on tight. You do fairly, he tries to kind of be that accurate. I think we said this a few months ago with a, a couple of his free kicks. He tries to be that accurate. It's not, he's not trying to even, um, he's not, he's not settling for getting it on target a lot of the time. He's trying to pick out the stanchion. He wants to pick out the top corner or in off the bar or something like that. Just absolute pinpoint precision. But this one, obviously, I know kind of a, a fair few people, and I saw a lot of the Peterborough fans as well mentioning their goalkeeper. And yes, you've probably got to got to give a little nod to the keeper and say it's not his. It's not going to kind of go down in his finest moment for sure. But if you can put an effort on target from that kind of range with that kind of power behind it, then you're always going to, you know, you're always going to have a chance of, um, of scoring a goal. And it was a well struck shot. Um, it's. It probably is one the keeper should save, but it's not absolute routine save, I don't think, in terms of kind of it's coming at him from distance and with quite a lot of pace. So, um, yeah, that technical ability, you kind of, we all know Hamer's going to shoot and it's good to to see one um, go in the back of the net. I think, obviously, we can say it will improve his confidence. I don't really think we have too many worries about that. I'm sure he would have still been lined up um, from, from all angles. But it was an important goal for us as well, getting in the lead early on, because you do think, and maybe one of the, issues we've had in recent weeks is, is having a lot of chances but not taking them so to get in the lead after kind of you know quarter of an hour of the game and again we should win probably did help to relax us and was probably quite instrumental in his going on to, to score four goals yeah definitely yeah the keeper keep was a little bit out of position wasn't he but I think mm. the it was just the power in the end wasn't it the power on the shot yeah. just just made sure that it was going to go past the keeper yeah um, yeah, yeah. Really- it doesn't look good because obviously he's kind of palmed it in but yeah, it looked better think... from the stand at the other end where I couldn't really <laughs> see the opposite goal, to be honest. But um, but yeah, on the highlights, didn't look quite as uh, quite as sexy. But there you go. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely take it. Um, we really started to dominate the game. Uh, and in the 25th minute, uh, Andy, Matty Godden decided it was time to mow the lawn. Yeah, he got the mower out, didn't he? Um, this is all Ben Sheaf, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah, I was going to say, big, big, big credit to Sheaf here. Oh, rat, you know, that's proper ratting around. Just doing the dirty work, closing down, winning the ball back, playing a simple ball to Goddard and Goddard in that position will finish nine times out of 10. Um, the bagman's, bagsman's back, isn't he again? And um, he's one of the sharpest tools in, in the, in the Skybet championship for me. And, uh, but Ben Sheaf, uh, absolutely outstanding harrying of the ball and uh, any good midfield, defensive midfield player does that. And, um, 
he's got a great ability as well, technically, Ben Sheaf as well. And um, he's becoming a bit of a diamond in the rough, isn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, he's becoming a bit of a stand. I think he's because his performances are getting stronger and stronger. And um, the doubters, who I see on Twitter quite regularly, um, were quite quiet at the minute about Ben Sheaf, yeah. which is quite funny. <laughs> So um instead has gone down. It's it? yeah, it's completely gone down. They'll, they'll start on someone else in a minute. So um, but no, uh fantastic play by uh, Ben Sheep, but the finish was sublime. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant understanding as well, isn't it? Because I think it was the same with the when it was the Bristol City one, wasn't it, where Kelly sort of threaded it through and he knew exactly where Gordon needed it. Because he he just does that that type of goal so well, doesn't he? He's absolutely. He doesn't. He, don't, he doesn't look, does he? He just yeah, knows he where the look. goal is. He, he knows. Yeah. He, like you say, nine out of ten of those, mm. you just know where it's going. As soon as yeah. you see that ball go through, you just know it's. You know exactly where, where in the goal it's going to go as well. And yeah. it was a great understanding, not just the the closing down, but Sheaf just put that ball in exactly the right area mm. for where God needed it, and yeah. it was just a, a brilliant goal. I mean. Yeah. We've the, the number of players we've had over the years who would just spoon that yeah. wide or over the bar yeah. or into the car park, wherever. Yeah. But Matty Godden, you'd bet your house on it to be well, parted in that, that bottom corner, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what is it? 10 goals in 17 games. It's better than one in two. Yeah. So, you know, at this level. Um, yeah. So, you know, obviously, he, I think with, with Godders as well, he's got the ability, as we all know, with his finishing, but he's got that drive. Yeah, he's almost he's almost like playing with a point to prove because mm. a lot of people doubt that he can do it at this level. And when you've got his ability at finishing level, which he has, which is razor sharp, and he's always he's born with that finishing ability, and you've got that drive that people doubt in you, then that's some player, mate. That's yeah, exactly. Player. I think he's he's played like that his whole career, hasn't he? Always had a bit of a point to prove, and absolutely, where you see where he's come from from non league, yeah. and he, no, it's, he, you know, it's, it's it's an amazing career, really. When you look mm. at it, Rose's right. way up, it's a great story, and. You know he's he's living the dream really in the championship now at the highest oh, level yeah. he's played at. So no, it's uh, it's it's brilliant for him. Um, Peterborough did get one back just before half time. Uh, it's George Grant, who of course we know well, having scored against us in the playoffs for Notts County. Um, this is a brilliant goal, Matt. To be fair, and not a, not a lot we could do about it. Yeah, he's, uh, as you say, so we're familiar with fairly similar result as I. As I remember at the, yeah, uh, was, the yeah. other game with that one as well. So actually almost works out a bit of a good luck charm for us. Hopefully you can uh, can score more often against us. But no, it was uh, it was a fantastic goal. I think it's one of those, the main thing you've got to say about it is is just kind of take a step back and applaud the technique in it. It's um if you are being really critical and you know, as fans we probably are, maybe there's a chance for, for Hamer to clear it off the um the, the header from out of defense, but it's not the easiest. It's kind of coming to him, obviously, on the up. So I think you'd you'd probably let him off that one. And I think, yeah, the main thing to take away is that technique on the goal is absolutely no chance for Wilson, really. He's um, just bent it kind of top corner. Just one of those where you know he's just going to put it out of out of uh, Wilson's reach and there's, there's yeah. absolutely no opportunity for him. So, yeah, it was a frustrating goal as well, obviously, because you're thinking at that point, 2-0, um, Feels comfortable. Feels like we're probably going to kick on from there and um, and pick up a, a fairly comfortable win. And to to go in at two one, it did feel a little bit deflating, even though we're, we're still winning on the road. Yeah. Um, so it was quite a frustrating goal at the time, even though you know probably we felt still quite confident we could go on and win the game. But it's one of those again, isn't it? With with as a city fans, you kind of see that going. You're thinking, right, here we go. What's 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 coming next? But uh, yeah, as far as the goal. Is concerned, absolutely fantastic finish. Yeah, I think it was one of those where you know we were absolutely flying it two 0 and the crowd was up. It was so loud, and then it just just you know everyone goes a little bit quiet in the away end, and you know, there's a little bit of, of nerves around. But it was just about getting in at half time, I think. And hmm. obviously, then we knew that the third goal would be the important one in the game. Um, but I, I felt like we came out and controlled and dominated the game, Andy. And for me, it, it's you know it felt still felt quite comfortable. It didn't feel nervy, and I still felt like you know we were going to go on and win the game. Yeah, which is impressive, isn't it, Tom? Because yeah. normally, you especially know, away from home, right? Yeah, especially where you know you go two 0 up, you fly in, you're playing better, you're the better side, and then they they score a you know a worldy finish like that, and then you think, well, well no, this is going to get a bit jittery now. But no um, statement to us and how we came when we just completely controlled the, the goal, the game until the third goal. Um, yeah, I didn't ever think that people were going to get an equaliser. So that's 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 testament to the lads. And 
excellent going forward and i do feel we i'll say this very quietly and i'll whisper it that we're turning the corner a little bit away from home um yeah you know um i think was it one loss in six yeah now, thanks for that tom yeah i was thinking that yeah you told yeah. me that earlier but i forgot but yeah um you're meant to be no, a stato griso I, i'm supposed to be but yeah um <laughs> but yeah no it is uh, one loss in six and and we are seems to be um he seems to have changed the formation away from home by he seems to be happy with that box midfield away from home now yeah. and playing one up top um which he didn't do at the early start of the season um so he seems to be happy with that getting a bit of energy in the midfield with uh jamie allen and Callow hair and i think that away from home really helps because away from home if you've got a bit of energy in your midfield and you outnumber teams it really does help and you've got someone like godden who gets half a sniff he's going to put it in the, in the in the uh in the onion bag then yeah it can be a winning formula and um ever since losing to preston away we've, we've really improved so no positive sides going forward guys yeah yeah definitely um we got agonizingly close to extending the lead um as a superb ball into the box from kane now those balls that we've we've come to recognize now um and o'hare's effort came off the post this was agonizing wasn't it matt so close and it's when it's o'hare as well you just begging for it to hit the back of the net aren't you yeah you kind of at that point now it's just it's so unfortunate for him i think kind of gets in so many of these great positions and you're just thinking, I don't know if if we can say this, you know, you think if you can get a goal, maybe it will kickstart him on from there. He did that against Bristol City and unfortunately it's probably not um, triggered that in him. I think I did say a few weeks ago, I do, when it comes to his finishing, we all know it, it's probably the area that, that needs to be um, improved and I think it will naturally come in time for him as well. I think he will um, get more goals as he matures as a player. So it's something that I don't, uh, kind of worry about it in the long term, but just for this season at the minute, you kind of, it, it is quite a frustration. I'm sure for him more than anybody else, but as you say, quality again from the right-hand side from Kane is just unreal, unplayable really. I, I think we're at the point now where we can, you know, his, his overall quality in terms of crossing is is absolutely fantastic. It's pretty much, you know, every ball that he's putting in is, is of a high quality, but you, I just feel like there's kind of going to be at least two or three of those balls per game that are, that kind of tick over into the unplayable level yeah. where you're kind of saying something uh, something very close to either being a goal or, or you know, hitting the post or whatever is going to come from this, whether it comes from, um, you know, one of our players getting on the end of the ball or, or because it's that dangerous of a ball, it's going to go in off one of their players. And exactly. it's just such a great weapon to have to, to know that you're going to have that probably two or three times at least a game where you, you get that level of um, delivery coming in, along with the fact that his level doesn't really drop massively throughout the game as well. So it's all about the ball in and to, to defend O'Hare a little bit with this one, because uh, there are other chances he's had over the last few weeks where you're thinking it's probably on him a bit more. He, he pretty much he is leading at, at full stretch, isn't he? It's kind of difficult to be able to, to overly control where that ball's going. You kind of think, Probably a Godden <laughs> will find a way to do it. Uh, somebody whose kind of responsibility day in, day out is putting the ball in the back of the net there. But, you know, uh, unfortunate for him because he's stretching and, and obviously uh, just quite, can't quite deflect it on the inside yeah. of the post or just inside the post. But uh, it'll come, hopefully, a bit more regularly for him over the next next few weeks. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and like you say, on Todd Kane, yeah, just been been a bit of a revelation really, hasn't he? Um mm. Obviously came in from QPR and there was a few question marks about, you know, him as a person, his attitude, but, you know, not just his ability, but all round just seems like a, you know, top bloke, you know, seems to be doing a lot of good stuff around the club. And yeah, just think what great addition that was from, from Mark Robbins. I think he's kind of somebody who maybe when he fits in somewhere, he's going to, he's going to be full steam ahead. He's going to be fully in, involved and, and kind of get in it. And I think maybe he's one of those players, if it, it's going to be, something you can tell very on, uh, early on with him, you know, it can either go one way where he maybe doesn't start great on the pitch and the fans go against him and maybe he doesn't fit in so well in the, in the changing room. And he kind of wouldn't be too shocked then if it, if it does go down a, a bad route. And, and he obviously, we probably saw that at QPR, that seems to be um, what's happened there. And you can kind of see when you look at his social media, he, he does look like, seem to be a character. He doesn't seem to be a meek guy. Let's put it that way. I think he's somebody who, um, you know, he's got a standout character and you just kind of think yeah, it's gone well for him. He's harnessed that in the right way. 
it's exactly you know, yeah it's it goes in the thing, right direction it? It, it goes well because look i mean as much as we're all cough fans and we and we want to say we'll, we'll, we'll back all of our players to the end if somebody has a bad start on the pitch we probably will um you know we could probably say it about ben sheaf with the with the start that he had we weren't exactly as a fan base the, the most supportive of him but it's kind of gone the other way with kane he's he's had such a good start that he, he probably feels quite loved by us as a, as a fan base and, and hopefully that will just continue now and, and obviously it's um it's probably led to to kind of unlocking what he's become this season because he's been at Chelsea for a long time he's played for England up into 20 uh, under 21s there's got to be a player in there to, to kind of play at that level and you just think if you can lock it in the right way as we obviously have done then it's an absolute steal of a, of a transfer for us yeah yeah completely completely agree with that um, we had a very similar one a few minutes later, Andy. This time it was a free kick and it was Alan's effort this time that came off the post. So unlucky. Yeah, really quick thinking, wasn't it, with the free kick? Um, yeah, clever play. Um, and Alan would, would, I think he should have gone across the keeper, didn't he? But mm. he went near post, post didn't he? Yeah. And um, a bit a little unlucky. It would have been nice if Jamie would have got a goal because, again, I thought his display deserved that. A real energetic display by Jamie Allen and... Um, yeah, a little bit unfortunate. If, if that, if he, I think if he had the chance again, I think he would have gone across the keeper top. Uh, but yeah, a little bit unlucky. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we can't score too many in an afternoon, can we, Tom? <laughs> exactly. You know, well, it would, this, would have been six. Would have been six one. True. Well, at this <laughs> at this point though, I was starting yeah, to I know, think, I is, it gonna happen, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen for yeah, us? But yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, we we did finally get the third goal. Um, mm. Lovely ball to Kane down the right wing. Uh, sorry, yeah, from Hyam down the right wing. Um, and, and again, that fantastic ball into the box that we've just talked about and, and Thompson, their defender, couldn't do anything about it other than turn it into his own net. Um, brilliant from Kane, Matt. Yeah, it's, again, one of those balls is just nothing you can do. And I think we can expect a fair few own goals for the remainder of this season by these kind of balls going into the box. Because as you say, there's absolutely nothing the defender can do. Um, you know, he, he's got to put something on the ball or it's going to be a, a tapping for Jokeres behind him so he's he's got to do something but he can't put any control on it his body's turned facing towards the goal so he's got absolutely nothing really that he can do it um it was good to see in terms of the celebrations it was effectively celebrated like it was a Todd Kane goal because for me it's it's effectively as if he's just picked out the top quarter himself in terms of kind of the quality of the ball that he's put in there it, it is his goal even though it's not going to go down as his goal as far as um, anybody should be concerned. He, he deserves to be credited for it as if, um, you know, somebody does if they slot the ball home from, from 12 yards. And I feel like we're going to get uh, a few more of those for the, for the rest of the season, which will be uh, which will be a good to see. Mm, yeah. And Andy, it was a significant goal because it was the first time we'd scored in both halves, which I'm still finding is an absolutely baffling stat, to be honest, at this stage of the season. But mm. yeah, finally, finally managed to do it. Yeah, because we normally score in the second half in the 93rd minute. <laughs> yeah, we leave it late, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, no, no, always good to score in both halves. It makes um, half-time reading a little bit easier, doesn't it, when you score in the first half, yeah. Um, but, no, yeah, that start needed to end, and uh, I'm glad it did on Saturday, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Victor almost scored goal of the season, or best goal in, in Cov history, as some people were saying. Um, bought the ball down his chest, flicked it up, and then volleyed it but into the side netting. A few people in the way and thought it had gone in. Um, this would have been some goal, wouldn't it, Andy? It would have been. Um, it would have been the tonic that he just needed. Um, unfortunately, um, he didn't go in, but the signs are good with with the, yeah. not just with that effort, but the uh, the God and fourth goal. Um, he looked really, really strong when he came on, um, really at it. And he looked a little bit more back to his old self at the start of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if Vic starts scoring goals again. And if he starts scoring goals and Godden keeps scoring goals, we've got a chance for the playoffs. Yeah, there's no... Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, there'd be no stopping us, really, would there? No, um, no, no. Start of the all. season, we, you know, if we're being honest, we were absolutely flying and it was because of one person. It was Vic. Yeah. He was scoring a goal every game, mm. you know, sometimes two goals a game without fail for, what, yeah. 10 games, something like that. Um, and it, we, there was just no stopping us at that stage. Um, so, yeah, if he can start banging them in, then it, it could be a very exciting uh, yeah, very end good. of the season. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, John Shipley went off and got replaced by Eccles. Um, good to see him back in the fold, Matt. Um, obviously, as we mentioned with Shipley, we're not sure whether he's on his way out of the club, but yeah, great performance from him. And, you know, obviously, as we said, he's been a great servant to the club. It was nice to see him sort of mark, you know, what could be his final game with with that performance. Yeah, it was, uh, I think you touched on it earlier. It's He's somebody who deserves to go out, if he is leaving the club, he, he deserves to go out on a high because he's somebody for me, you know, every time he pulls on the City shirt, he absolutely loves loves the fact that he's wearing that shirt, wearing that badge and, and he's going to put everything into his performance. And that's something that, we probably, as a, as a set of fans, have probably underrated over the last season and a half. I know, you know, as we said earlier, there's been a lot of kind of um, concern about him quality-wise in terms of kind of the championship. And and I think if we're being honest, there's there's a, a fair level of concern there as well. Um, still a lot to be told. I'm not saying that I don't think he can turn into a, into a good championship player, but just maybe at this point in time in terms of his quality, um, yeah, there maybe are still those question marks. But in terms of kind of that work rate, that effort, that versatility that it brings to the team as well, which is kind of quite well exampled yesterday by the fact he did play left wing back. He can play in centre midfield. He can play in a more attacking role as well. It's, it's something that uh, has been important to us, especially last season, because we didn't, um, you know, we didn't have the most um, full squad that you're going to get. We didn't have kind of options from every angle. We didn't have the money to be able to go out and do that and to have somebody who can kind of be on the bench and come in and, and kind of cover all those positions is important. And, and also, whatever he maybe has lacked to a certain degree in quality when it comes to the championship, you know he's going to make up for in, in work rate. So he's been a good servant to us. For me, over the last season and a half before, obviously, um, that he, he was um, a standout player at kind of the, the League One and League Two level as well. So his, what he's done for the club, what he's kind of... Um, you know, achieved on the pitch and, and that kind of work rate that he's already brought for us. It's good that his last two games for the club has just kind of maybe put that mindset of um, of what a great servant has been in it. And it's obviously put a positive light on it if he, if he were to leave. And he obviously was able to have that, that mm. nice moment, as we mentioned, uh, leaving the pitch as well with the fans. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's good to see because he, he definitely deserves it. Definitely, yeah. And I think I think he's a, he's a really good footballer. I think he's, you know, the club have clearly just sort of outgrown him you know in the, in the progress we've made I think if we were still in League One he'd probably be playing week in week he'd probably be our captain by now he'd be you know a, a sort of leader in the team wouldn't he but just a case of you know we've kind of we've moved so quickly and grown so quickly to where we are that yeah, he's been left a little bit behind but I'm sure if he you know if, if he does move on he'll he'll find a club at, at League One level League One level definitely where, yeah, he'll, I think where he will be a key right. player for sure I can, I can yeah, really see that right. I could see him be captain I think he does a lot of things that probably a lot of the time don't go noticed on or aren't as easily noticed on on a football pitch as kind of you know what some other people are able to do and what their kind of role is to do on the pitch he's got to do some things that maybe aren't as exciting and, and like I say the, the big thing I'm sure being a local lad you know we weren't ever probably that surprising the passion and, and the work rate that he's brought to the club but I'm sure he'll bring that wherever he goes as well if it if he is to leave the club so yeah um he's going to be an asset uh, to, yeah, to wherever he goes to at that level for, for absolute soon yeah definitely um and the icing on the cake came just into added time um it was Vic down the right uh very unselfish of him obviously need, needs a goal himself but he pulled it across to Matty Godden and Andy Matty Godden does not miss from there does he no never um you bet your um, house on that, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. And brilliant link-up play between the two. Um, nice moment as well after the goal, how Godden pointed to him. Um, if you read Godden's comments before the game, he uh, picked out Vic, didn't he, um, in his comments before the game, saying that um, he just needs to put his head down. We all believe in him. And um, he's a quality player. And we all have these moments when we're not scoring goals. And... It was a real nice touch by Godden after the goal by pointing to him and saying, "Yeah, that's thanks, mate, for that." And maybe one day you'll maybe the next game I'll repay the favour. But yeah, I think um, like I said earlier, Vic's um, play when he came off the bench is really encouraging going forward. And um, and like I say, Godden is a, is not just a goal scorer. Comments like that before the game, celebrations like that after the goal. Yeah. It's cap, cap, a good captain material as well, Tom. Real leader, yeah. Off, yeah, real leader, leader on and off the pitch. Yeah, I've always thought that about Mike Godden, even when he hasn't necessarily been the mm. you know the assigned captain. He's you know he's a bit of a leader in that team, isn't he? 
you know, with his with his age and his experience, and obviously, you know, we've obviously had him on. He's a great bloke as well. Um, oh, he's got he's, he's got natural leadership ability, hasn't he? Yeah, he's a top lad, and um, yeah, we're really lucky to have him. We've got some good leaders in the team, um, you know, with Fads and with Kells, but yeah, he's a. I don't mind having one, either one of those three being captain yeah. because they're, brilliant, is, they're brilliant, is, brilliant, brilliant leaders and they're brilliant men. Which is great to have, right? To have, you know, three mm. different potential leaders in different positions on the pitch for different yeah. situations is very, again, a good a good thing to have and a good position we've got ourselves in there. Vital. If you're going to achieve things, you need people that lead and you need good leaders. So, yeah, if you, if you want to win things, then you need good leaders, Tom. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, fantastic and much needed three points, Matt. And it really does put us right back in the, the playoff picture, doesn't it? With obviously a couple of games in hand as well. It does, yeah. I think kind of you look at the, the runner games coming up as well, and it's uh, it's going to be a pivotal time. And it feels like we say this every every podcast, so I'm sure it, it pretty much is, is no different. But if you if you look over the next three games, they're all basically against three of the five teams above us. We've got um, GPR Stoke and Middlesbrough coming up, so. The opportunity is there. Obviously, it's going to be a, a tricky run of games because they they are three sides who are, are up there for a reason, and they're sides who are in the main on good form themselves. So they're going to be tricky games. But if we can take, um, you know, maybe five six points out, out of those games, we're definitely going to be right there, kind of in the playoff picture. And after that, I think you're kind of looking at the the run afterwards. It's it's quite favourable, if I'm honest. Kind of yep. Blackpool, Reading, Cardiff, Barnsley. Even Bristol City and Preston, it's all respect to those clubs that at this level at the moment, you're thinking there's a good opportunity for us at that point. So even if we're not, you know, winning all of the next year, if we can kind of keep away from kind of dropping points to those teams, yeah, obviously, if yeah. that makes sense, if yeah, we can kind of keep in a kind of, yeah, not let them get away with type mentality, pick up maybe one win, a draw or, or something like that, we're, we're actually in a solid position given those um games we've we've got to follow up but certainly yesterday was was pivotal because you start to feel yourself dropping down or start to feel the scene dropping down the table those teams kind of even though you know you've got the games in hand that kind of build up of teams between you and the playoffs it it starts to kind of I don't know it starts to put a weight on the team it Mm. takes shape at this this stage of the season doesn't it I think you know, back back in probably October, November, there was quite a big chasing pack. You could probably look right down to sort of fourteenth, fifteenth, couldn't you? And I think when you get towards this stage of the season, you know, if you're any more than sort of six, seven, eight points, there's there's usually one team obviously do have a late charge, but a fly, any yeah. more than sort of six or seven points, you you feel a little bit out of it. You know, some of the Blackpools that had a good start have, have fallen away a bit. So you want to just be within that sort of four or five points, and if you've got a couple of games in hand as well, I think that's the sort of pack you want. Like you say, you want to stay in and hold your position you know, over the next few games. With, and even from a, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that'll be the key, won't it? Just holding our position over the next couple of games. I think that's the point. Just kind of, as you say, kind of points, certain certain number of points away, but also kind of position in the table because you just kind of start thinking if you, if you start dropping too much below kind of 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, that kind of position, which could happen quite easily because it is still relatively, um, you know, congested from a points perspective then you just think there's a lot of teams in between you and the playoffs and you just think you need yes we we can kind of go on a run and we can do this out here we also then start to need a lot of other teams to kind of drop off as well and you kind of think well Fulham Bournemouth they're not going to drop off West Brom you're going to think they're going to finish in the top six and then you're kind of like looking at it and saying well there's probably six or seven other teams in there and we've maybe got two playoff positions to play for we need a lot of teams to kind of we need a on our side to kind of go on a crazy run and, and be the other side. We need a lot of teams to drop off. So kind of just keeping ourselves moving forward. And if we can continue to do that, maybe even maintain that position over the next three games or so, then we're in a really healthy position. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a really good point. Um, Andy, we have to give a special mention to the Sky Blue Army. Um, they were terrific again yesterday, obviously th- just under 3,000 went to the game and oh, I don't think they stopped seeing, did they? No, terrific away support. Um, we say it, don't we, every week when we have the away game, that the away support is very, very special. And it was yesterday, um, like you said, didn't know stop non-stop singing throughout, you know, even when, you know, Hamer went off, he even said that today he, he even wants to join them, doesn't he? Because <laughs> he wants to get in yeah. there. So when, when he gets his 10th yellow, uh, yellow uh, he'll be in the stands with us. He might so, have uh, seen putting a few that. beers away, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, oh he'll yeah. He putting a few away. He'd love it. So um, no, no, fair play to us. And 
you know, the comments on from posh fans after the game. And it's not just that. It's every week fans. now, isn't it? It's like... every week. They just say that, you know, Cov fans are top class. And it's not just that. It says we play, a lot of uh, fans always say we play top football as well. And yeah, the, the club are in a good position at the minute on and off the pitch. So it's good. Yeah. I mean, to be taking, yeah, 3,000. I know mm. we've always travelled well to Peterborough, but you just feel like every away game we go to now, it's 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 definitely over 2,000. Sometimes it's three. We even took the, what was it, four to Blackburn. It's yeah. very, very strong away support. Better than better than a lot of Premier League teams, really, isn't it? So, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, very, very impressive. Um, I'll grab a man of the match. I imagine this will probably be a little bit more difficult than, than some weeks we've had. Mm. Um, Matt, I'll go with you first. Yeah, really tricky one. Um, I've been thinking about this, to be honest with you. There's a, name about six a few names that could stick out, really. It's it's difficult to kind of um, try and narrow it down to kind of even three or four, because, yeah, majority of the team would, would have a decent shout of uh, getting a mention. But I would give Shipley a, a strong mention for his performance and his versatility and maybe a bit of a sentimental part of, of that as well. But... Uh, I always have a leaning towards the strikers. I just think if they can put the ball in the back of the net, there's so much responsibility for them to do so, then then that stands out for me. So I would, you know, Kane, another one stands out, and Sheaf, obviously, we talked about, um, and a few others as well. But yeah, I, I would give it to Godin. Just uh, two things. Obviously, he scored the goals, which is which is important. He's he's been captain as well, and he and he's done a great job of that. And obviously. Uh, Andy, you mentioned as well about some of the things he's done off the pitch with the players in, in recent days. But just the fact is, he's, he's kind of led the line there by himself. And kind of what we've allowed the team to do on the basis of getting those two attacking midfielders in, in uh, Alan and O'Hare. But he's just taken a lot of attention away with the defenders. And we've just gotten so many decent positions just because of what his work rate has been like and what he's done uh, with that back line by himself in terms of kind of keeping those... Them, them defenders moving, keeping them on his toes and um, allowing the likes of Allen and her and Kane in particular to get into good positions. I think um, a lot of great work rate off the ball as well uh, in terms of leading that line by himself to go along with the fact he scored two goals. So yeah. he would he would edge it for me, but yeah, I mean, six or seven <laughs> of them to be fair. Yeah, yeah, no, tough to tough to pick. Andy, who would you go with? Uh, same as Matt, uh, Godders for me. Um, he has five shots, three on target, two goals. So oh, yeah. it's much more from a striker. Can't Not really. Me. No, fantastic uh, individual display, but um, special mention goes to Ben Sheaf as well for me. Um, yeah, exactly. I thought he was um, a real class class operator in the midfield uh, yesterday. Yeah. And uh, like I said earlier in the pod, I think he's a diamond in the rough and I think he's going to get stronger and stronger. Agreed, agreed. Re- really good, shrewd move to mm. get him on the permanent, wasn't it, in the summer? But there's a lot of doubters, um, wasn't there? There was a lot of people saying, why, why have Robbins re-signed him? Um, but again, it's a bit like the team selection, Andy. You know, people... Yeah, he, you know, knows more, he knows better than us. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, we're, at the end of the day, we're football yeah. fans and he's a football manager. And, you know, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, we can say what we like, but mm. he, kn- he knows really ultimately what he's doing and his team Absolutely. do. Um, yeah. And again, we have to... You know, trust him on that. I think we've we've mentioned everyone. Uh, I think the only other player I'd probably give a shout out to was Clark Salter as well. Yeah. Um, I think he had a he had a really good game on on Saturday, Grizo. Yeah, absolutely. Who's your three out of the four? So Are again, the oh, at the back. Yeah. The back. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one, isn't it? Um, that should be the host. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> last question. I'm joking, I'm joking. I don't Who's know. Three out of four? It's a tough, it's a tough one. I don't think. Oh, I think they're very it. interchangeable. I, I do yeah. like having Fads in there. He's he is a leader at the back, isn't mm. he? Um, mm. I, I don't know. I'm a bit stumped on that one. I'll let Matt. I'll let Matt yeah. give his his uh, wow. wise opinion. Impressively <laughs> done there. Splinters, splinters there, Tom. Might have to join you. Yeah. Really tricky. I would probably. <sighs> I would probably say Hyams one I'd have on the bench to be honest with you, but it is tr- it's tricky now to be honest with you. But, I mean, we're at the point now. Any three of the four, to be honest with you, I, I'm I'm not going to have any issues. And uh, I've got a lot of time for Hyam. He's had another good game yesterday. He's contributed to a goal out of the back as well. And um, you know, the, to say him is it, no criticism on him, him whatsoever. I'm just I feel very confident with all all four of them to be honest with you, whichever option it would be. I, I've been impressed by the. I think it's fair to give uh, Clark Sarr a shout out because. You know, you think about it, he's, he has been out for a long time and come back, uh, second game back, and he's looked so solid um, in terms of kind of coming back into the team from that long layout. So, um, yeah, for me, he's he's probably a set uh, name on the team sheet. McFadden for, for the leadership that he brings and the fact he's 
his actual standard of play has been great this season as well after maybe some tricky moments last season. Um, and then I'm just a massive fan of Rose, so probably would be on, but but just uh, I think you're probably the same, aren't you, Andy? I think you're uh, a big big Rose fan as well, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Um, I'm going to answer this question quite diplomatically. <laughs> start you the, play four at the back. No, start the three that started Saturday and when, until someone makes a mistake. Fair shout. There you go. That's yeah. what I would do. <laughs> That's a fair shout. Fair yeah. shout. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We'll now move on and preview the QPR game on Saturday. Sky Blues will entertain Mark Warburton's high-flying QPR at the CBS. In the reverse fixture back in August, the Sky Blues fell to a 2-0 defeat at Loftus Road. Um, Andy, as we've kind of alluded to, this won't be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination, but it's definitely one that the Sky Blues Army can look forward to. Definitely, yeah, yeah, really, really, really looking forward to this game. Um, obviously, they got a good result yesterday, um, beating West Brom. You know, obviously, they got people like Willett, uh, Charlie Austin. They've got ability, uh, you know, chair, 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 really decent footballer as well. But this is a really, really good, good game to be looking forward to, and a really exciting game. It's, you know, I hope there's a big crowd there. Let's get everyone down there because. You know, I think we can really help by cheering the lads on for this one because I think we're going to have to dig deep in this one, Tom, because we're going to have to play really well to win. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's not going to be easy. Um, Matt, I know you've looked into QPR in a bit more detail. Um, clearly, they're having a very strong season. Um, what can we expect from them on Saturday? Yeah, great season for them so far. We can expect a tough game. I don't think there's any real uh, possibility we're going to we're going to stroll to victory or anything. Uh, Kind of similar at this stage of the season against this team, they're they're a solid team, and you can see that by kind of where they are in the league. You know, look, they weren't exactly a team that um, went under the radar in the summer. That there were a lot of people who probably did fancy them to have quite a good season. They, they brought in some big name players. Um, obviously, getting Charlie Austin back on on a permanent was a, was a big signing for them. But they also had a number of good uh, players in the squad as well. See, they've they've got McCallum now as well from. Uh, kind of from us so you know they've they've really added to the, the quality they already had there and obviously sitting in fourth is no major shock to be honest with you um they've returned to form over the last few weeks with so three wins in a row now after that win as Andy mentioned against West Brom at the weekend they'd lost two games before that um so you know kind of was potential that they they might have been uh, on a bit of a slide down the table but they've turned that back around now it's actually a, a team that don't really kind of put teams to the sword too much or, or they don't get hammered themselves. I think at the last 15 games, there's only been two that have finished um, by kind of one team winning by by more than two goals. That actually has been 2-0 in both occasions. Every other game out of that 15-game period has been uh, either a draw or, or win by one goal either side. So I think we can expect a close game uh, at the weekend. There are going to be opportunities, I think, for us in terms of from a defensive point of view, they've got uh, the joint worst out of the top 11 with Huddersfield with 30 goals conceded. So, um, you know, potential for us to, to create opportunities with the like of likes of Kane and, and obviously maybe Allen and, and O'Hare coming out of midfield. Um, likely to go in a similar formation to us as well. They generally will have three at the back uh, with a couple of wing backs. You can probably expect them to have two up front as well. They are, they are a team who can be similar to us. Maybe on the road sometimes they'll drop one out of uh, the top two and, and they'll kind of pack the midfield a bit more, but I would expect them to stick with um, Austin and Dykes for, for the game with us next weekend. Um, and goals can come all, all over the pitch for them as well. Dykes is the leading scorer with seven goals, but they've got four of the players, I think, with uh, six to their name already. They've also got Dickey with four from defence as well. So um, there's goals all over that, uh, all over the pitch for them as well. And it's going to be a really tricky game for us. Yeah, definitely. I've watched a couple of QPR games this year, and um, they've got some really good players. Chris is it Chris Willock as well? Yeah, Willock. Um, yeah, he's he's obviously a class player, isn't he? So, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be tricky. Um, and it throughout the game think, as well because you have Willock, who might start the game, or you might have Chair, but kind of one of those is probably going to sit on the bench, and they can bring them on. So, yeah, you know, we're kind of going to be need to be focused, even if we if we do take the lead, because they can bring options off the bench as well. Where yeah. was where was Chair on Saturday? He didn't play, did he, Matt? He didn't play. No, they they played. They started with Willock, um, who's been on a who's on a decent run of form, and he's got a few goals recently. He's got, uh, yeah. I think, six to his name this season as well. Yeah, so, but you kind of, 
either or in that situation. Willock's looks a quality player for them, but if mm. if you know if he starts and Chair was to come on, as I say, it's yeah, just wondering because he's not, not even, he, Yeah, he didn't even play. He wasn't even on the bench, so interesting. Mm. Just wondering if he's injured. COVID, perhaps, or something related, yeah. but who knows? Yeah, yeah, not him, yeah, I wouldn't mind him being missing mm. on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Andy, how do you think we'll be approaching this one? It's interesting one, Tom, isn't it? Um, what he's going to do uh, formation-wise. It's always interesting at two o'clock um, with, with Robbins, isn't it? So um, will he go two up top? You know, will he keep with the box uh, midfield? It's um, interesting. Um, oh, it's, it's a tough one. When, you know, is he going to bring Fads back into the defence? It's really, really... Is more going to start? Mm. It's, um, it's a really interesting one. Um, I don't know. I, if it was me... I, tend to try and get two up top at home if I was being honest um, but who are, you, who are you dropping out of the midfield because you know Cal, Jamie Allen Sheaf and Hamer you know they all played really well on Saturday didn't they so um, interesting one but personally because we're at home I'd like to see uh, Godden and Big Vic up top yeah yeah I was going to say it's probably no, no point trying to predict the lineup too much no, because no. it'll probably be completely different and then we'll be back here next Sunday. Yeah, I'm COVID picking, doesn't hope that, does it? Does I'm it picking why the team was that way around, but there yeah, you go. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, Matt, as, as Andy alluded to, hopefully it'll be a big crowd up there at the CBS. Um, obviously, I think it's our first first Saturday 3pm game since Bristol. In early, it's in, since early November, November. So. Yeah, yeah, which is which is madness. Um, obviously, a combination of, of you know a few games being rearranged. Obviously, now has been on TV every other week. It seems yeah. like, um, but yeah, obviously a three pm Saturday game, which is what everyone loves. So hopefully, a lot a lot of people can get up there. Uh, I think the ticket prices are fairly reasonable as well. So you know, hopefully, you know, an over twenty k crowd. Yeah, I mean, what else are you going to do in January as well? I mean, there's there's not really much much else to do at this time of the year other than to to go and watch the the city. So you'd hope so. I mean. Uh, like you say, it's been a while since we've we've had one of those kind of home Saturday 3pm fixtures. So, you, And obviously it's on the back of a 4-1 away victory as well, which always is, you'd hope, going to bump up the crowd a little bit. And I, the other side of it is as well, you know, you look at uh, QPR, well-supported team. Um, I kind of think back to to having played them over the years and it always feels like they, they do take a good number of fans. So I don't think we'll be seeing too many gaps in that in that away end. I don't know if there's any word on uh, yeah, I think how many of them have sold. But... Last I saw, they sold about 3,000, I think it was. Yeah. And there's yeah. obviously another, oh, still a week to go. And obviously they had a very good result on Saturday as well. So they're on a real high. So yeah, you know, that could creep up to 4,000. So yeah. Somewhere around 4,000. Pretty packed yeah. away end as well. So, you know, all the makings for a, for a good day out, I would say. We're going to need a, a, a fair few fans because 4,000 away fans, as, as we've kind of seen on the positive side from from our perspective this season is uh it can make can make a good old racket so a, a big crowd's going to be needed somewhere around you know uh well certainly over twenty thousand a combination of of them and us but uh yeah can make for for quite an atmosphere yeah yeah absolutely I will grab some predictions um Andy yeah I think we're going to win this I'm quite confident uh but like you say like Matt said earlier I don't think it's going to be by a large margin because you know, I think all their games have been pretty tight, um, but I think we'll win this two-one. Nice, nice. We're definitely, definitely happy with that, wouldn't we? Uh, Matt, I'll grab one from you, and you can have the uh, the tweet league prediction as well. Yeah, close game. Like I say, they don't really do um, big wins or big losses. Really, it's always a close game for them, and you'd expect to be to be the same on Saturday for us. So for me, uh, tricky game maybe just end up squeaking a jaw um, I'm going to go with 1-1 one, one. Fair enough which, which to be honest as we mentioned wouldn't be the worst result and would sort of keep us in that you know, keep, keep our position and stop them going quite. I think if they were to beat us I think they'd be a little bit out of sight you know yeah. they'd probably be only you know maybe two one or two playoff places left but they've got a couple tr- of games in hand as well like yeah, as well. Exactly. I think they played one more than us so and the two points ahead of the other two yeah so yeah, yeah, I think it's important. It's an important game not to lose. It's not a must-win by any means, but it's it's yeah. one of those you, you don't want to lose the game. Uh, yeah, draw wouldn't, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be bad. Um, we'll look a little bit ahead to the next three games, um, Andy. Obviously, we've got QPR, Stoke and Borough. Um, tricky games, obviously teams around us, but how many points do you think we should be targeting from these games? Obviously, we should be targeting nine, but realistically, yeah. how many points can we get from these? Um. 
Well, you say they're very, they are very winnable, aren't they, Tom? Um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'd think Middlesbrough are going well, though, aren't they? Um, I think Middlesbrough, I think Middlesbrough away yeah, is a really, really that's hard difficult. game. Um, I think QPR at home, you know, we've got an all right record against them. Yeah. You, you could beat them. Stoke, I think they're beatable, though. Yeah, yeah they're, they're doing well. Borough away, I just think is a really hard game, a hard mm. place to go, and I don't know that. I think that's the toughest out of the three for me. Um, okay, but, I think six, six points. Fair enough. I'm, yeah, I'm going for six. Yeah, I nice. think we can get two wins out of the, out of the three. Nice, Matt. What do you reckon? I take that every day of the week. I think six <laughs> points. <laughs> it, it it puts us kind of you know it definitely keeps us in a good position and on the basis of you know like I say those kind of five six games afterwards are, are very winnable. I'd take. I, I, at the very worst, you know, you'd want to see us win one, maybe get a draw out of the other, and, and maybe we could handle one loss. But at four would be minimum. What I'd like yeah. to see is get. I'd be happy with five if that was a win and two draws, and six would be dream man. To be honest, I'd be, I'd be more than happy with that. Yeah, definitely. I'd um, definitely agree with you both on that. Um, we'll briefly mention Jake Bidwell as well. Obviously, highly rumored to be um, joining us and announcing next week. Um, Matt, this looks like a really, really good addition to the squad, doesn't it? He brings tons of experience at this level um, and obviously a position that we that we need at the moment. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of comparisons to Todd Kane in a lot of ways in terms of obviously position on the pitch and um, nature of kind of his career as well. He's somebody who started off um, kind of as a youth prospect at a, a well-established Premier League club for him. It was Everton. Um, and had a few loan moves and was always kind of there or thereabouts with the England youth setups as well. So obviously a lot of expectation in terms of what he could do as a player um, and it hasn't quite materialised for him and he, he's obviously then at whatever point, similar to Todd Kane, he's made that decision, look, you know, maybe I need to reassess my career and, and drop down a level and get some regular football going and as you say that from there on in, he's been a very consistent championship player and the thought of having... Uh, well, those options as well, obviously having Bidwell, Kane and Dabo and Matson when he comes back in terms of kind of cover there, it shows, as you, as you kind of rightly pointed out with, with the Shipley conversation earlier on, the level of progression that we've made to kind of talk about those four as, as options of very set um, wing-back positions as well, because you think, you know, even if you go back to last season, you think that we had... Uh, as soon as Darbo went out, then it was like, who have we got to... Yeah, like players like Pask kind of and switching to about four and, at times and stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. And people playing out of position and everything else. And you're kind of looking at it now and thinking, you'd be quite happy with any of the four of those obviously started it, and you've got the cover there and the versatility. So uh, another true bit of business, if it, if it does happen, to get that experience uh, in an p- important position, I think it would be, uh, yeah, it'd be a fantastic move for us. Yeah, definitely. Andy, are you are you pleased with the the news on that one or the potential news on that one? I should say. Yeah, massive. Uh, I think he could do a really good job for us. Um, you know, he played a lot for Swansea last season. Um, he was a key member of their squad, um, and I think he'd be a really valuable valuable addition. You know, competition for places like we discussed earlier in the podcast is vital for any winning team um, especially a team chasing the playoffs like we are um, so yeah no really important sign shrewd signing as well by Robbins mm. and uh, fair play for, to the board as well giving him some money to spend on yeah we've well. done well so, there haven't we obviously, yeah big time we, we sometimes lose out you know obviously we've lost out on players in the past with wages mm. it's like Patterson and people like that but I don't know yeah. if we've just it seems like we've got in there a bit early and we've obviously I don't know if there's some personal reasons around it why you know I, someone was mentioning maybe he wanted to be you know, close to the south of England and things like that. But mm. obviously, we just seem to have got in there early and Robin's obviously told him what the project is. We're obviously an attractive team because of our league position as well and the project we're building. Yeah. So it's nice to see that players want to come and play for us now um, and we can get we can attract players of that calibre to the club. It's, it's very encouraging, isn't it, Andy? Very encouraging as well. And uh, Robin's loves saying he's going to do no business and then does something. <laughs> oh, it's classic. Vintage classic. Robin's eyes. As soon as the article came out, as soon as the article came out, I said, lads, how many times has he said this? Yeah. yeah I remember the, do you remember the window when he, uh, was it January transfer window? Yeah. Years ago? Yeah. He said it. zero, zero yeah. incomings and then Ron Giles signed at yeah. the 11th hour. So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Take, take Why Robin's... do we think he does this? It's kind of, is it a mind game with the is fans? Is it because he's miserable? Or... 
I think it's I think it's I think it's sensible I mean yeah. if you if you're if, if you think about how the how the transfer market works if you're coming out at the start of it and saying yeah, yeah we've got to sign three players in these positions you know and then you go and try and negotiate that you know you're going to be paying more money for them the players are going to buy more wages and you're not in a good negotiation if you're a bit more relaxed about it and saying we don't you know we don't have any funds to sign someone then you're probably going to get better deals and we just sort of no, we just seem to go about our business quietly, don't we? And it it works yeah, well. Definitely. So yeah. I just think it's good, good management. Keep the, of the, keep the expectations realistic as well with the fans. You know, not yeah. kind of early on, you kind of the excitement's always there. You go into a window and you're thinking, right, how much we got, how many people we're gonna bring in, we're gonna do this, that, the other chance of rumors are whirling around, and maybe players are thinking, oh, what's going on with me? And what is this, that, and that? And you could just completely cut it off at the ankles straight away and say, look. Absolutely nothing's happening. Maybe put a bit of pressure on the board yeah. the fans kind yeah, of the keep fans up a forum go wild well. on Facebook and exactly, all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'd take a laptop into his meeting with the board and just, well, look, you know, you're really not that popular. Let's uh, <laughs> see what we can do. But no, but, but it was, it's yeah, and it, it's the same though. It was like in the summer, I think, because he'd in other seasons he'd done his business very early, and I think. Mm. It got to like I can't remember probably mid July and people started panicking a little bit and saying you know we haven't signed well we're not going to have a good season but it all sort of came together at the right time didn't it so I think the fans just have to you know understand that he's managing the whole situation and clearly he's always going to make sure we've got a, you know good enough team and good enough options out there to to be competitive um, and something up his sleeve as well yeah. as we see time and time again yeah absolutely um, yeah that's all we've got time for this evening gentlemen really good really good chat thanks for joining me as always and listeners do make sure you check out our partners shortland horn across the different social channels and as always you can get involved in the conversation on anything we've discussed all you need to do is use the hashtag sky blues extra podcast thanks for listening to the sky blues extra podcast days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.